It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. All right, welcome aboard. Uh, this is the Adam Ritz Show. I'm Adam. Ritz, and I say welcome aboard, uh, just like you're climbing on board a ship or a yacht, because I also host Yacht Rock Radio, and if you've heard of Yacht Rock, uh, you know how awesome it is. If you haven't, check out YachtRockRadio.com. It's another radio program I host and program, and it's a lot of fun, especially if you're 40, 50, 60 years old. It features the soft rock of the late 70s and early 80s. And recently on Yacht Rock Radio, I had a conversation with Dean Daughtry. Dean is a founding member and uh, still playing with Atlanta Rhythm Section. And you'll remember the songs So Into You and Imaginary Lover, top 10 hits from 1978. Uh, I had a conversation with Dean Daughtry. I, it's, it's an enormous conversation, 45 minutes plus. Uh, but I just want to feature an excerpt of that interview with Dean Daughtry from Atlanta Rhythm Section where we talk about uh, a tennis tournament that he played in with some other big names all to benefit cancer. And we love when athletes, artists, actors, or anybody gets involved with charity work, foundation work, uh, especially for cancer benefits and cancer research. This is a conversation with Dean Daughtry from Atlanta Rhythm Section. Dean, I also host a, a show, a public affairs show, and we talk a lot about charity work and foundations. Are there any uh, charities or foundations that uh, uh, you work with or you have worked with, benefit concerts maybe, uh, anything like that? Well, we have worked with the Cancer Society. We had this, uh, the guys from Kansas, Phil Ehart mostly, uh, set up a thing in Atlanta, the Peachtree World of Tennis, and we uh, played tennis for the Cancer Society. And uh, there were some big stars there. There was people like uh, Paul Davis was there before he died. And uh, Kansas was there. And, uh, God, everybody, uh, I'm trying to think of people's names, uh, the, uh, Commodores, uh, one of the trumpet player in Commodores won the thing one time. And in Kansas, it was won by, what is his name? The big guy in Kansas, big guy, heavyset guy. Yeah. I don't know. It's escaping me too. You know who I'm talking about? Escaping me too. And we can look it up later, I guess. Uh, and he wanted, and I don't know how anybody that's that big, 6'5", or 6'6", six, six, weighs 300 and something pounds, could win it. But he did. <laughs> now, I guess I, I missed... And I didn't get anywhere. And Paul Davis, we were playing opposite of each other. We each had a pro with us. And Paul Davis would keep running off the court because these pros got tired of messing with us because we weren't that good. And they... <laughs> would start knocking the ball at each other, and they hit it hard. So old Paul, he would run off the tennis court and say, I'm getting off of this court. It's too scary. 
<laughs> I, I loved Paul Davis. He had some great records. He really, he really did. What you know? What, what what's your favorite uh, Paul Davis uh, radio hit? We'll play it. Well, I think I like I like Cool Nights, and I like '65 uh, Love Affair. That's a fun one. I, I it's like got a yeah, it's got a throwback feel to it. Let me tell you something, a little secret here. He told me himself when he wrote "I Go Crazy." that he was thinking and doing it for Ronnie Hammond, our singer at the time, to sing. No kidding. Big hit single. That'd be nice if it had been us, but it was <laughs> him, so. Yeah, he told me that. I don't. Paul was one of them kind of quiet type old country boys that talks real slow, and, and I, he wouldn't tell no film about it. I know he wasn't. He's not that kind of person. So he was honest when he said that he actually was writing the song for us. That is a great a song. That is a huge hit. I Go Crazy from Paul Davis. All, it was almost recorded by Atlanta Rhythm Section. So close. Yep. He wanted us to do it, but then he did it and had a hit with it, so I guess he forgot about us. <laughs> but we were having hits about the same time, too. You know, we, were, we all lived there in Atlanta and went to parties and things together, record parties and stuff, and... Uh, Recorded. Uh, I used Paul Sinclair, which was a big synthesizer deal back in uh, the 80s. And I also used his DX7, the first one I ever played and, and saw, really, was uh-huh. back in the you know middle 80s, I guess it was. And, uh, yeah, oh, Paul is a great guy, great well, writer, beautiful voice. Absolutely. So talented, yes. Uh, mm. Couldn't agree more. And that's great to hear the uh, the work you've done for uh, cancer awareness, cancer benefits. Uh, I'm sure you've had um, loved ones close to you that have uh, you know suffered from uh, some sort of cancer yeah. uh, illness. Um, we all dad. have. Everybody has. So it's great to hear that uh, no matter who you are, where you are, or what you do, that you get involved with some sort of charity uh, or benefit. That's yeah. inspiring. I just wished I could have won one of those tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> you you needed to be a better tennis player, didn't you? I needed to be a better one, yes. I mean, I wasn't bad. I mean, where I lived, we had tennis courts. And sometimes, you know, Buddy Bowie, our manager and producer and co-writer, he and some of the other guys, the band basically would come over and we would play tennis, you know, in the afternoons. But we didn't play enough to win that. Dean Daughtry, it's just been a pleasure speaking with you uh, on the telephone about Imaginary Lover and So Into You and Atlanta Rhythm Section. Uh, Can't wait to meet you in person on the 70s Rock and Romance Cruise. Before I let you go, I'm going to put you on the spot and uh, ask ask you, between the two songs, Imaginary Lover and So Into You, which one do you prefer? I actually prefer So Into You because it was really my first one. I like both of them, but I, I prefer So Into You. Because that was the first song, the hit, that you wrote. Yeah, it's the first first hit I had. It's not wasn't necessarily the first song, but it was the first hit. And what's your favorite part of that song? For our, You know, it's uh, funny because when you listen to music, I can hear a song a hundred times. 
And the 101st time, I could hear something I didn't even notice the first 100 times. What what part of that song, so into you, uh, should you tell our listener to really pay attention to here that maybe they hadn't noticed before? Well, the bridge, I think, or, you know, the... Yeah, the bridge would be the my favorite part. And also the ending with uh, the solo Barry played on guitar. Good solo. There you have it. That's uh, right from the the Atlanta Rhythm Section's Horse's Mouth on the, the Horse's hits, mouth. The, the songs, <laughs> uh, the legacy that is Atlanta Rhythm Section. It's just It's been a pleasure having you on the show, Dean. Uh, again, you can go to AtlantaRhythmSection.com for more information. Uh, you're still touring, obviously. You're on the 70s Rock and Romance Cruise. How many uh, dates a year do you do for our listeners to be able to look for you to come to a town near them? I think we probably, probably play about 50 or 60. That's or a lot. a few more. But yeah, we, we work you know, a few days every month. Yeah. That, you need to take a break. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My wife won't let me retire. <laughs> she won't. Oh, I said, God. honey, I'm 71 years old. Can I retire? No, you can't retire. Not, not with that <laughs> check coming kidding. in the mailbox every six months. That's right. All right, Dean. Pleasure having you on Yacht Rock Radio. Thank you so much. Thank you, and I have really thoroughly enjoyed it. Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social, technically. Welcome to today's show. I'm excited to get to know Wynn Smiley, the CEO of Alpha Ta Omega. Talk about faith and leadership with young men, education and philanthropy. And this conversation was featured on a, another show I co-host called Bottom Line Faith with Ray Hilbert. And Wynn Smiley had such great comments about leadership and foundation work that we wanted to uh, feature his, his points and uh, his skill set and his know-how and his history, how he worked up through broadcasting to become the CEO of Alpha Ta Omega. If you're interested in this uh, other show I co-host, it's bottomlinefaith.org. And we bring on now my co-host, Ray Hilbert. Well, once again, Adam, we're excited about our guest today. to go back to college. Uh, I, I graduated not, uh, what was that called, magna cum laude? I graduated, thank you, Lordy. And so I am ready to go back to school. Well, our guest today uh, has some college connections. Uh, I was a fraternity man myself uh, back in the days, and our guest is Mr. Wynn Smiley. He's the CEO of Alpha Tau Omega National Fraternity. Wynn, thank you so much for making the time to be on Bottom Line Faith. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to be here. Thanks, Adam. And uh, I'm always interested to talk to uh, business leaders, uh, leaders in the marketplace about their faith and spirituality. And today it's going to be even more fun uh, for me from a collegiate perspective. I'm just such a big fan of college football and college fraternities in general. Um, memories, nostalgia from when I was in college. And it's, it's maybe not really the tip of, of people's tongues when they think of um, fraternities uh, to think of Christianity in, in the same breath. So... I don't know if that's how we want to plant the seeds to start the conversation, but um, do you get that feedback when you meet people or they're like, oh, you're the CEO of a national fraternity, Alpha Tau Omega, oh, you must drink a lot of beer. Yes. And you're like, actually, uh, no, we pray a lot. Yeah, right. So it's always interesting to see how people respond. Uh, oh, is that a full-time job? Oh, I bet you really know how to party. Oh, what's the break room like? <laughs> right. How big is the kegerator? 
All those things, yeah. Is that so, really your full-time job? Is that, oh, is that a full-time job? <laughs> like, seriously, when what do you do? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, when's, uh, I know you're really involved with uh, Christian retreats, leading your young men, the undergraduates. So you've got a staff, how many on staff at Alpha Tau Omega? Yeah, about 30. 30, and these are grown men. Grown men, uh, college graduates, yes, right. And, and then you, you I, I guess, sort of. Uh, lead the undergraduates. How many undergraduates in Alpha Tau Omega? Yeah, 10,000 undergraduates, about 140 chapters across the nation. So we're, we would be considered a Division One fraternity, uh, top 10 in any way you slice it, including our educational foundation. Uh, so we're, um, yeah, we're a major presence on college campuses. Well, as Ray likes to put it, uh, bottom line faith checks under the hood, if you will. How do you say that, Ray? Yes, that, so this is obviously the program where we like to meet and talk with high-capacity, high-accomplished Christian leaders in the marketplace and kind of the old picture of lifting the hood and tinkering around the engine of Christian leadership. And uh, that's what I'm looking forward to on today's show with, uh, with Wynn. Well, uh, shall we start with um, maybe a little bit of when I, I mentioned off-air before we started, Wynn has a, a history in radio and television. You were uh, an anchor man on TV, so uh, I'm a little... Uh, intimidated that uh, you probably have more on-air experience than I do. And then, I so if you want to take so. over this interview at any point, <laughs> no. just take over, and I'll turn my microphone it's been, off. It's been a long time ago. So but no, I guess real quick, uh, your your Christian, your faith uh, journey from yep, so when you were a young man to now. Right, raised in uh, a home where both parents and uh, all siblings went to the local, very small United Methodist Church. Uh, my parents got involved in the Methodist renewal movement when I was in junior high, which is called Aldersgate, and um, it's a full gospel movement of, of the Methodist Church, so uh, my parents came home, I was in junior high at the time, and like, what's wrong with you guys, right? I mean, they had changed, and so uh, that sparked interest in me into pushing more into sort of what the gospel was all about within the Methodist Church. Our church changed as well. Uh, in terms of really exploring sort of more of the, the full gospel aspect. Uh, and so um, I guess I would, you know, my faith really sort of grew uh, in high school. Went to college, joined a fraternity, and uh, pretty much put the faith thing on the back burner. It wasn't a result of joining the fraternity. I think it was just a result of uh, not feeling compelled to find a church in a college town to really engage anybody. And so uh, did that. Uh, got my degree in journalism, immediately uh, went to work uh, in a newsroom, uh, which uh, can be uh, sort of dicey, right, uh, in terms of a uh, lot, of, lot, of, lot of things swirling in a newsroom. And uh, I, I uh, would still play my Christian faith, uh, but uh, to be a good reporter, you have to be cynical. And I was a really good reporter, right? And, so <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I also learned... Uh, what I would consider sort of newsroom language, which is very colorful. Um, and so um, uh, a reporter came in from another from another market. We'd hired her from another market, and uh, we became friends. And uh, she was a Christ follower uh, and uh, cornered me one time in an editing booth, actually, and told me that uh, she'd never met a bigger hypocrite than me, right? Wow. Uh, and so uh, that's what I said. Sounds like investigative journalism. <laughs> All right. And so... Um, so she uh, eventually convinced me to go to the church that she was attending, where I recommitted uh, my life, and that was I was in my mid twenties then. And then from that point on, I um, um, by that time in my career, I knew that I didn't want to be 
uh, broadcasting the rest of my life. I mean, it was a great experience. I loved it. Uh, but it generally is a young person's experience because it's a grind. And I basically said, okay, what next, God? And within six months, Alpha Tau Omega uh, called me out of the blue. I did not know these people and said, let's have lunch. And I thought it was for some story. I'm, you know, I get lots of calls, let's have lunch when you're a reporter. And they offered me a job uh, to be uh, director of the marketing. And um, I initially turned it down, but um, the more that I pressed in, and I had a list of like things that really I needed both ATO and the station that I was currently at to sign off on. And to my amazement, uh, they did, including keeping a political talk show uh, that I had. Uh, and in the state of Illinois, politics is sort of a blood sport, right? So that was a lot of fun. Uh, and so both parties agreed that I could keep my, uh, my, politic my political show. And so I joined ATO staff in about 91 and uh, realized immediately why God had led me there because ATO is a very traditional social fraternity, just like you would see anywhere. It's not, it, while it is Christian-based in terms of its founding uh, principles, uh, it accepts men of any faith or no faith at all. And so it is a fraternity as is a fraternity as is a fraternity. Uh, it doesn't have a Christian moniker. But I quickly learned uh, that the founder of ATO uh, was deeply religious, and that's why it's called ATO, with the cross in the middle with the Alpha and the Omega on either side, right? And so it, I quickly became aware of why God led me uh, to that place. I had no idea what he wanted me to do there, uh, but that was sort of the start of um, my relationship with ATO. Well, uh, we had a chance of, uh, earlier to, uh, to speak, uh, Wynn, and, and I found it fascinating the history of this fraternity is long founded. It, it dates way back to the Civil War days, right, or thereabouts. Would you just kind of bring us up to speed on the history and how, how and why this organization was founded? Yeah, sure. Uh, the uh, three uh, founders, one principal, uh, were all cadets at the Virginia Military Institute, VMI, which was like the West Point of the Confederacy uh, at the time. Um, and um, these were 14 to 18-year-old boys. Uh, and uh, they were literally called into service toward the end of the Civil War because the Confederate Army had been so decimated to join uh, the Battle of New Market, which is right outside of Washington, D.C. And they were, uh, they helped defend New Market uh, uh, against uh, the Union uh, soldiers, and it was such a, a heroic act by these 14 to 18-year-old boys who had to march 80 miles from VMI to get to New Market that even the New York Times and other northern press praised their heroics. Um, and that was, again, toward the end of the Civil War. Well, Glazebrook, Otis Glazebrook, was uh, part of that battle. Uh, all three founders of ATO were. Uh, and he really felt uh, torn because of his uh, Christian heritage. And he wanted to create an organization that would reunite college men uh, from the north and the south uh, and the only way that he thought that, that would happen was in a brotherhood. He was very fascinated with the concept of fraternity, but he did not like the Greek orientation that all fraternities up to that point had. So he wanted to create a fraternity that was Christian in nature, but still a fraternity, still a Greek letter fraternity, very much out of, outside of the box at that time, uh, and this from a 19-year-old, right? And so uh, he thought that the only way that the uh, college men from the north and the south could, could have conversations is if they practiced... Uh, uh, brotherly love as ex uh, exemplified by Christ. 
And so ATO really started out as a peace and reunification organization. He didn't know what to call this entity until he walked into his church one day in Richmond, Virginia, and looked up at the altar, saw the cross with the Alpha and the Omega on either side. Mm. He's like, that's it. That's what we're going to call ATO. So ATO uh, became the first uh, fraternity that was Greek letter and Christian based. Uh, several more started uh, after that, uh, well-known fraternities that, um, that uh, people within the Greek world would know of, uh, also sort of along the same lines, Christian based, but Greek lettered. ATO was the first. Wynn Smiley is our guest, CEO of Alpha Ta Omega National Fraternity. And uh, so present day, it's uh, college campuses, the, um, the safe spaces. It's just changed so much. And I guess one of my first questions is how, as a man of faith, with all of those undergraduates, is, is, there, is, there a, is it a minefield that you have to dance around to be able to talk about Christian faith? in a college setting, or is it, uh, hey, this is ATO, we're a private in, uh, entity, and we can talk whatever about whatever we want? Yeah, pretty much the latter. Yeah. Uh, we are a private entity, and I think that sometimes um, some of our undergraduates are a little taken aback if they hear me talk about ATO, but it, it, we do it in a way that I don't find, I don't think that people find offensive. I mean, we're, we're not a parachurch organization, right? We're not proselytizing students, but we are talking about our heritage. And so uh, part of my standard uh, stump speech, if you will, whether it's in front of alumni or parents or undergraduates, is that, look, these are our founding principles. They are what they are. They can't change. We're proud of them. We're going to talk about them. And at the same time, we accept men of, of any faith or no faith at all uh, with open arms. Uh, and we think that a fraternity chapter outside of a family is a great place to talk about important issues, including issues of faith. And so if you really have a strong brotherhood, you can have those conversations, again, regardless of what faith background you're coming from. Uh, and so that has produced within the organization great support, right? Uh, I, it just, I initially thought that that might get some pushback. Not really. Uh, I think we handle it in a way that, um, you know, we're not trying to really convert anybody. We're just trying to present the gospel uh, in a way that Glazebrook, uh, had in mind when he created the organization. You know, you just uh, made me think of something. When um, ha Have you had a success story? I'll call it a success story, where a young man's uh, become a member of ATO, and he is um, not a young man of faith. And through his four-year journey in college, he gets in touch with you and writes you a letter or contacts you an email and says, hey, Wynn, I just want to let you know I've recommitted my life to Christ, and I think it was due to my experience here at ATO. Yeah, we have, so just like any campus, uh, you know, whether it's Navigators or Crew or any other parachurch organization, um, in many cases they have uh, students from fraternities and sororities that are part of those groups. And we have ATO undergraduates who in some cases go on after graduation to join as part of the ministry team and then specifically go back to their chapters. and so. Uh, Lots of folks are uh, working with the Greek system and presenting the gospel. And any number of uh, ATOs have either recommitted to their faith or found faith uh, through those efforts, uh, which aren't directly related to ATO, but I still hear about them, right? And so that's always exciting. And then about, uh, it's been five years, six years actually, uh, we really did something that was way out of, way out of the box and started uh, 
hosting, not hosting, but started sponsoring, um, bringing ATU undergraduates to specifically a men's retreat in Colorado that was very Jesus. And uh, we didn't bait and switch anybody. We told them, hey, this is, this is what this retreat is. It's a men's retreat, and it's all about Jesus, and everybody's welcome. Uh, and so we have seen, um, as, and we do two a summer, and we've seen men who have no faith come in and say, I just want to check it out. And by the end of the retreat, they've made a decision, even though that's not part of the retreat, right? I mean, we never, as part of the retreat, say, okay, this is a time you can make a decision for Christ. It's not part of the retreat. We baptized uh, probably 25 men over the course, of, and that's not part of the retreat. I mean, it's totally spontaneous. There just happens to be a lake on the property that we use. So those, I mean, those are the kinds of stories that, you know, we're not twisting arms because I, I just don't think that's, I just don't think that's a good way to go. Uh, and we're very upfront, right? It's like, hey, this is, this is what we're doing. Uh, you're welcome to join us. Uh, don't want to freak anybody out. And uh, we've never had anyone, like, leave and say, oh, this is crazy. Um, <laughs> And so those kinds of stories are very much, uh, to your point, yeah, we're impacting, we're impacting individuals. That is great. That is great. I love it. That's very exciting stuff, and I, I, I hope and trust that some of our listeners right now who, kind of like what you were mentioning a few moments ago, Adam, you know, this whole mindset about what's going on on college campuses and the whole PC movement, and, you know, you can't mention absolutes in faith. But this gives us great, uh, great hope. This gives us great excitement to learn that uh, uh, an organization is doing such a thing as ATO. And what I'd love to do right now, if we could, is let, let's, let's crawl inside Wynn as a leader and let's learn what's ticking around up there as a, as a leader. So when thinking back over your career, you've, had, you've been in this role for how long as CEO of ATO? Yeah, 20 years. 20 years. And then broadcasting and other, other aspects of your career uh, prior to. What's the best piece of advice you were ever given in your leadership and How's it impacting you today as a leader? Yeah, I think it, uh, the best piece of advice probably was listen, right, which is pretty standard advice. Uh, but I found that that, in terms of my leadership style, is very much collaborative. And so I will typically ask more questions uh, to find out answers, which probably doesn't surprise anybody given my, I mean, I, that's, I professionally uh, cut my teeth on asking questions, right? right. And so mm -hmm. uh, rarely will I make a unilateral decision. As a leader, let's go. I mean, sometimes you have to do that, right? But generally speaking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to pull the people in who have the insight and experience and are in, in, impacted, in some cases, by the decision and ask them uh, their opinion. People support what they help create. Is, and then perhaps that's the best piece of advice I've ever gotten as a young leader. People support what they help create. And I, uh, that fits with my personality and my leadership style. And I just think that that has, um, that has produced a lot of fruit that's good stuff. So people support what they help create. I think if you're taking notes on the interview today, that would be a, a great nugget right there. So in, in kind of in a, in a similar vein as the best advice you ever received, what's as you look back over the course of your career, what's the biggest mistake that you can recall making and what did you learn from it? Yeah, so I think that I'm probably still making it from time <laughs> to time, right? Uh, I think that um, I can draw conclusions pretty quickly and come to my opinion of what I think is happening and then act on that. And um, I'm better at it, right? So I don't, I don't, uh, I don't get burned uh, probably as much as I used to. Uh, but nine, eh, I don't know, many times uh, it, I draw the wrong conclusion and then act on wrong information. And then I have to go back and sort of clean up the mess and apologize, and, right? And so I think that that is probably um, the biggest 
overtly. More covertly, um, I think it is um, not being bold when bold uh, would probably work, except it feels like that's too big of a risk. Now, if you ask my staff members, they're like, holy cow, I mean, that's, I mean, we're bold all the time. <laughs> you want to get bolder? Uh, but I just, I think that probably there are some, there are some opportunities that have passed uh, because I wasn't willing to uh, take the risk. Wow. That is, uh, it's pretty neat stuff. And, and so, Adam, closing thoughts. Wynn Smiley uh, has been our guest, and uh, I know from uh, looking at your website and knowing your broadcast background, um, Alpha Tau Omega is very uh, forward-thinking in how you reach out to members and undergraduates and, uh, and, and your staff through your own, it's not even really a website, it's kind of like your own TV channel. Are there any sort of uh, links that you'd like to share with our listeners right now through uh, the Alpha Tau Omega digital properties? Sure, yeah, eto.org is always available, and that will really take you everywhere. You want to go? I think you want to see uh, college students who are really doing some incredible things. Uh, ATORoadshow.org uh, really shows our undergraduates raised over nine million dollars for local charities last year in uh, you know hundreds of of projects. And so I just I think that our our members are doing incredible things on campus. Sometimes they do incredibly stupid things, uh, but <laughs> that you know that's sort of college. Um, but uh, they are doing incredible things. I'm very proud of the men who are ATOs. ATO.org. And seriously, though, what's your real job? You're really the CEO of Alpha right. Fraternity? That's it. Um, if uh, you'd like to share this uh, show with your friends, it's on the bottom line of Maine.org. Subscribe to the show. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.